This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. This is a two-part lesson. We're going to teach the second part of it next Sunday. It has to do with self-centeredness and a very important lesson as well. But the first part of this lesson deals with loneliness. And um, we have been, for the last several Sundays, this is actually the sixth, sixth lesson, but this will be the seventh Sunday, I think, we spent on this subject of aging. And um, so uh, <clears throat> uh, this is a problem uh, among elderly people. But the problem is it's not just among elderly people. And uh, so we need to consider that. But I want you to turn to, to two passages of Scripture this morning. One of them is found in the book of Hebrews. But I'll tell you what, Hebrews chapter 13, but let's go to the one in Deuteronomy first. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, it's Deuteronomy chapter 31, and then it's Hebrews chapter 13. Just turn the... Just, just uh, get a little dyslectic there and turn the numbers around. <laughs> but in Deuteronomy chapter 31, and uh, in verse 6, and also in verse 8, and I'm going to go ahead and begin reading while you're still turning there. But God gives some assurance to his children, and in this case he's talking to the children of Israel as they're, as they're passing through the wilderness. But he says something very important to them that they needed to hear. And here's what he said. He said, be strong and be of good courage. Fear not. Be not afraid of them. He's talking about being afraid of his enemies. For the Lord thy God, he it is uh, that go up, uh, go up, that would go up with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And I know that this was a message that he gave to the Israelites as they were traveling through that desert, that wilderness time. But to me it's kind of interesting that Paul here in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews, as he's writing to the Hebrews, that he also takes that thought. And I don't know if he drew upon that particular verse because there's several verses in the Old Testament where God gave assurance to his people that he was with them and that he would not forsake them. He would always be a companion to them. And so we come now to the, to the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 13. And we, when we come to uh, verse 6 and 7 in chapter 13, uh, Paul writes this in verse 6. He says, Let your conversation or let your lifestyle be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have, for, he saith, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. You know, in the Hebrew, it's uh, in the Greek, rather, here in this passage, kind of interesting because there's a double negative there. We're not supposed to use double negatives in the English language, but a very, rare, very um, common occurrence in the Hebrew language. But what it does is it, it heightens the importance of what's being said. And, and God here says this. Jesus gives this assurance. He says, I will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. 
Now that's a comforting thought, isn't it? To realize that we have a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. And then in verse six it says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now as we approach this lesson today on loneliness, there are some of you in this class, you're alone. Uh, your life's companion has gone on before you, several of you here in this class. We have a lot of widows in our church. On, um, on Mondays, um, I have a lengthy, lengthy prayer list of widows that are widows in our church that I pray for. If you are a widow, you're on that list. And tomorrow morning, when I have my prayer time, I'll be praying for each one of you uh, during that period of time. And uh, the Bible says that we are to give attention to widows. But we also have widowers, and we have some in our class. And I don't know how much loneliness you may be experiencing in your life, but it's a comfort to realize that we have a God who will never leave us nor forsake us, it makes no difference um, if the rest of the family or friends and so forth, we always have a companion with us. I thought of something. I was in the group that went yesterday and, and prayed the prayer of faith for Marvin up in the hospital. It was kind of, it was kind of a blessing. They allowed the, the whole group, there were I think 10 of us that went. We were all ordained preachers from this church. and. Um, they let us go into Marvin's room and all be there at the same time. We laid hands on him and prayed prayer of faith. There is some improvement in him. And we thank God that he's seeing this improvement. We praise the Lord for that. Be interesting to know after our prayer yesterday is what God has done for him today. But um, as we were praying, um, I, thought of, I thought of Sandy and the lonely hours she's been spending at home by herself while he's been in the hospital all these days. The Lord pressed upon my heart. I prayed for her when I prayed initially uh, for him. I included Sandy in that prayer, but while the rest of the men were praying, I, uh, the Lord just put, impressed on my heart that we really need to bring Sandy before the Lord as well. And so after everyone else had prayed, then I, I prayed again and prayed for Sandy. And, <clears throat> and after I finished my prayer, I got to thinking, there's another verse of scripture here in the book of Hebrews that to me is very significant and I think many times we fail to consider it. I think it's found in the first chapter. But I think it's something that we need to seriously consider. Let me find it here and share it with you. Um, I thought it was in the first chapter. I can pretty well quote it for you, and that's what I'm going to have to do, I guess. Um, I should have looked it up ahead of time. But anyway, I, I, this th verse came to my thought. You know, God has given us guardian angels. We pray for the presence of, of the Lord, and we should. 
But I think we also have to keep in mind that angels are God's ministering spirits that is given to minister to the heirs of salvation. Isn't that verse in the first script in the first chapter? I'm sorry. Verse 14, Hebrews chapter, verse chapter 1. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, it is the last verse. I didn't go that far. It says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister them who shall be heirs of salvation? We don't always see angels. You know, sometimes we may come in contact with angels and not recognize them as angels. In fact, there's another verse of Scripture that, that we says that we're, we give hospitality sometimes to angels unaware. But do you realize that God has angels ministering to you? You may not see them, but they are ministering. God has ministering spirits ministering to those who are the heirs of salvation. That's us. If you're born again, you're the heir of salvation. And, uh, and I think... Uh, we need to keep that in mind, that God ministers to his people. And if you feel lonely, if you feel a loneliness, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I know you're here. I know your angels are here. And uh, just uh, dwell on that and, and um, realize that God has a presence with you. And it's not just the Holy Spirit. We know we have the Holy Spirit. He indwells us. And so we're not alone, are we? We may be alone, but we do not have to be lonely. And so let's look at our lesson today on loneliness. And, uh, <clears throat> and I hope it'll be a help. Most of this lesson, I have developed it from the standpoint of us ministering to others who may be lonely. But in the process of preparing this lesson, I also have in the back of my mind and in my heart that maybe as we talk about us ministering to others, that we might be ministering to one another as well. Just look around you for a moment and see those who are sitting here in our congregation who, who have lost their life's companion. There are obviously times uh, when they're alone. And I'm sure that sometimes maybe even overwhelmed with loneliness. And I think that we need to be very conscious of that. That there are people in our midst who are lonely. And they need us. They need us. And so it is true that the elderly are not the only people in the world who are, who are lonely. However... As a group, we face the prospect of loneliness more than most people do. And uh, for the most part, however, the essential problem of loneliness is the same in every age. But God made us to be social creatures. There are some people who, there are, there are, some people who are geared uh, not to be as social as other people. But the truth is that all of us need somebody. whether it's family, whether it's friends, or whatever it is, we need somebody. In order to function in this life, we need the companionship of other people. And uh, so that's basically what we're dealing with here today. The fall caused all of the problems that we've been talking about. 
including this problem of loneliness. Remember that God said it is not good that man should be alone. He said that back in the second chapter of Genesis. And uh, so he created a companion for Adam. He said that of Adam. He said, Adam, you, you need somebody. And so he opened his rib cage and took out a rib and made a woman, a wife, a companion. And God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he uttered a profound truth regarding all of us. And um, for things to go well, we need others. God's solution to that problem was marriage. And to a large extent, marriage, when properly conducted, meets the human need for companionship. In fact, marriage fundamentally is a covenant of companionship. There are two verses of scripture here that, uh, that help us with that. Uh, with that um, we'll get to those in just a few moments. But companionship is the antidote to loneliness. But in this world, in this world of sin, marriages go sour. And then sadly, people living under the same roof sometimes provide very little companionship for the other. And in other cases, marriages break up. And then, and then eventually, death brings the end of some of the best companionships in marriage. And in some cases, a person may seek a marriage partner for years without ever finding one. I've known cases like that. In other words, various problems may intervene with a solution of loneliness that marriage it was designed to fix. And so marriage is considered a covenant of companionship. In Proverbs 2.17 and Malachi chapter 2 and verse 14, this becomes rather clear. Uh, the one in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 17, uh, that's found in the context of the, the, the uh, uh, what she called there, a strange woman or the harlot. And God says there that the harlot forgetteth the covenant of her God. And that covenant is a, re is a reference to the marriage vows. But in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 14, he's, he very specifically says this there. He says, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And so marriage is a covenant relationship. It's a covenant of companionship. When I said I do to my wife and she said I do in exchange, we made a covenant with each other. We coveted to be companions. And I thank God for the companionship we've had for 60, almost 61 years now. I praise the Lord for that. One of the, one of the greatest decisions I ever made after I got saved, the next greatest decision was to marry her. Best thing I've ever done in life, just about, except to, except to do the will of God and, and follow his will and ministry and so forth. But one of the greatest things I ever did in my, my life was marry her. She has a lot of money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to Roman numeral number one, loneliness. Any or all of these problems may, may be carried into old age. In particular, every marriage will eventually be dissolved by death if it doesn't get dissolved some other way before. 
Every married person, therefore, has the prospect of being alone, starting, uh, uh, staring him, uh, being alone, staring him in the face. And since, generally, women live longer than men, I believe that wives need to prepare for this ordeal, for the possibility of that taking place. Uh, some of you have already experienced that, and you know that. But here's something that's important, I think. Aloneness, aloneness is not necessary, not necessarily loneliness. Loneliness is one of the wrong ways of handling aloneness. And so that basically is what we're talking about today, how to handle it and, uh, and uh, allow God to work in our, in our lives. In spite of this innate desire for companionship, there are multitudes of older people who spend a large share of their remaining days on the earth with no significant companionship. You can go to the nursing home and find a lot of people like this. Nursing homes serve a good purpose, but sometimes, uh, sometimes they're just inexcusable, I think. And uh, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not criticizing anyone that has had to put a family member in a nursing home. Sometimes that has to happen, and we understand that. But sometimes it's just a convenience. It's just a convenient way of getting an old person out of your hair, just to put it very bluntly. And I think that's, I think that's a sin. I think it's a curse for somebody, for a family to do that, just to put an, get an old person out of their way. That's terrible. You know, the truth is that our parents didn't put us away somewhere just to get us out of the way. And we gave them a whole lot more trouble and, and our youth than, than they've ever given to us in, in, their, in their old age, okay? Now, most of us in this class, we probably have lost our parents at this point. And, uh, and so that's not a situation with us. But, but we need to really think about that. Uh, learn to take care of the, of the elderly, it's so important. And so um, in nursing homes, you'll find you'll find sad and lonely people who sit alone staring out the window or watching television most of the day. At senior citizens' functions, people pretend sometimes to be having a jolly old time. But there, there's just a few examples, these are just a few examples of places where we might, might find elderly people who are suffering from the deep pain of loneliness that pervades their lives. And so that brings us to letter A, how can we help? And that's a good question. Number one under A is beware of the problem. You know, some people aren't even aware that there's that problem. And, uh, and, and don't take into consideration that the elderly are going through this very bitter pain of loneliness. So what can be done about this? Family and friends that are busy about their responsibilities? Uh, they may not recognize the problem and, uh, and, and, uh, and unintentionally ignore the problem. They have their own contacts, their own time, uh, all the time. Their friends have not died off one by one and left them alone. Uh, they're raising children and they're busy at work and often their problem is trying to find some time to be alone. 
We've all been through that. And, um, and so the first thing that we have to do is to meet the problem of loneliness in, in the elderly and wake up to the fact that mom or dad or Aunt Alice is lonely. Just wake up to it. Realize it. If we, if we haven't given much thought to this issue, then it's time that we did. God said it's not good that man should be alone. And so we must take the problem very seriously of loneliness. Number two, suggest ways to meet and interact with other people. Help people who, uh, who are stranded, alone. Help them to meet other people and interact with other people. We may have to go out of our way to do that. And uh, it'll take some of our time. It'll take some of our interest. Uh, some time and some interest that maybe we'd like to spend it somewhere else, okay? Uh, but, um, but our elderly folks are, are, it's important. And then number three, they may not want your help. And this is kind of a sad thing. They may not appreciate your help. Uh, they'll not always accept it. And uh, so there, there, are some, there are some older folks who become their own worst enemies in this respect. Uh, they choose to remain alone. And because of pride, uh, they'll not take the initiative to enrich old relationships or even build new ones. Their attitude may be this. Let them come to me if they want to be my friends. Or there's another attitude, attitude that has the same bad result. I don't want people to see me this way all crippled with arthritis. I've actually heard people say that. I don't want, to see, I don't want people to see me that way. And here's another thing. Uh, this is not in our notes, but I, I thought of this this morning as I was thinking of our lesson. I, I have known some people that get to a state, they're, they're maybe still in their own home, but they can't function like they did at one time. Maybe they don't keep their home as clean, tidy as they used to. And so therefore, they don't really want people visiting them. Well, let's get over that. When we go to visit somebody uh, who has become maybe an invalid, or who's gotten to the place where they can't handle household chores and stuff like that anymore, uh, let's just kind of them, give them the impression that we're not there to inspect their home. We're there to help them, to be a friend, uh, to be a companion, so to speak, in some way. And sometimes my wife and I, as we've gone to visit people, they may apologize for clutter in their home. And my wife is always kind to say, well, you know, we didn't come here to see your home. We came to see you. And sometimes that'll put a person like that to ease, you know, comfort. And uh, so we have, to, we have to be cautious like that. Some old people develop the attitude could uh, be develop an attitude problem that drives other people away from them. Sometimes people who have who've tried to befriend them come away vowing never never to go back again. All they heard when they were there was gripes, complaints, complaining, 
uh, grumbling. And there are some people in their old age that get like that, they get nasty. I've known people like that. Uh, they, they just get a little nasty. And some of you are sitting there right now and you've got somebody in mind. Now, I'm not trying to be funny by saying that, but I'm just trying to be truthful. They seem to think that their old age entitles them to say anything they wish to say. And few people want to develop, a few people want to develop, there are few people that want to develop a relationship with a dis, disagreeable malcontent. Uh, you know, they're just not easy people to get along with. They're not easy people to get acquainted with. But we have to somehow reach them and, and be a help to them. If they don't spend time with others, some will waste away, waste, uh, waste away. Uh, someone, someone will waste that time talking about their ailments and their, and their um, illnesses. We can't think about anything else to talk about. They can't think about anything else to talk about because, because they've lost a vital interest in everybody and everything else uh, other than themselves. And we're going to talk about that next Sunday about people being all wrapped up in themselves. And a lot of older people get that way. They get so wrapped up in themselves that all they can think about and talk about is themselves. When they really need to think about some other things and talk about some other things. And we need to help them with that. Uh, ingrown people are likely to have ingrown relationships with themselves. In dealing with his problem of loneliness, you may discover that the older person is driving others away with his attitude. And in order to help the person like that, uh, and uh, that, uh, that you need, uh, as, uh, excuse me, in order to help a person like that, you as a friend will have to attempt to address the problem by mentioning it, mentioning it as a possibility. Older people who get into this state of loneliness and repression and, uh, and uh, recluseness, that's the word I was looking for a while ago. Uh, being recluse, sometimes we have to confront them eyeball to eyeball about that and help them shake out of it. And, uh, uh, and, it's, and, and so uh, that's a very important thing to consider. Um, that's why it's important for older people to keep current and develop interests outside of themselves and develop interest in, in the work of the Lord. And so they may not want your help, but number four, try to help them anyway. If the older person is involved in a ministry for the Lord, uh, this will automatically bring him in contact with other Christians with whom relationships may develop. I've heard young people talk about developing relationships as if, it, as if you can do it in five easy steps. It doesn't work that way. And um, um, that's not how significant relationships develop. A, a relationship is a byproduct that grows out of people doing things together. You know, that's one reason why I'm glad our class does things together. And I've said this several times, and I'm not trying to give Bob the big head. He's already got one. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate the time and the effort that Bob and, and Mark and others put in 
to developing activities for our class so we can do things together. We eat together, we laugh together. On the way up to Richmond the other night, um, Ron Reed had us rolling in the aisle, almost. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't Ron. Well, somebody did. But we had a good time together. Coming back, everybody was asleep except Bob. He was driving. We're really grateful that he didn't go to sleep. Or at least everybody was quiet. But um, we have a good time on these trips and, uh, and the activities that we have. And um, I hope we never lose sight of those opportunities that we have to get together just to have some friendships and develop relationships with each other and enjoy each other's time together. And uh, anyway, um, try to help them anyway. Where was I? It's not, it's not something that you can, you can set out to develop, that is a relationship. It's not something you can set out to develop any more than you can to attain happiness. Rather, these things seem, these things seem to happen on their own under proper conditions as people function together in some activity over a period of time. Working together is perhaps the most significant factor in developing relationships. Now, that's why married, that's why married men and women who are working together in the office or the assembly plant always have to be on the alert and um, watching out lest we develop the wrong kind of relationships in that, in that situation. And I've put here in the notes, even preachers and secretaries have, have been known to fall into sinful relationships because they were careless in this matter. So we have to be careful in that. And, uh, but that same scenario is a good solution for, uh, for uh, lonely persons to, that need companionship. I'm not talking about getting into sinful relationship here, but I'm talking about the close relationship of, of companionship together and enjoying each other's fellowship. Um, if a lonely person spends time working in a ministry with other Christians, uh, happily doing the right things together, eventually that relationship will develop. There will be some relationship there. Um, but the elderly worker should get involved primarily to please God not just to find a relationship. I, uh, <clears throat> something related to that, I've known businessmen that'll go, that'll join a certain church because they think they can make some business contacts there. That's the wrong reason to join a church. And, and to get involved in something just to develop a relationship, maybe with a person or something, I, that's not the right reason for us to get involved in the work of the Lord. We ought to be actively involved in the work of the Lord and then as a result of that, we can see relationships develop. Whatever that relationship may develop into, you see. And then number five, I think this is a, I think this is a good point. And I've given some thought to this. And as we look through this point, uh, maybe our class should give, give some serious thought to this. And that is, start a shut-in ministry. Now, I know there are some of you that uh, visit our shut-ins, and that's good. But wouldn't it be great if, as a class, we could develop a ministry together and, 
and reach out to some of these folks. I, I think of Myrtle Owens uh, so often. And um, there's another one. Um, who? Ruth. Ruth Bailey. And uh, let me see here. Martha Armstrong. Does anybody in our class ever go see Martha Armstrong? I'm not asking you to show a hand. But, you know, Martha Armstrong is a member of this church. I don't even know what kind of physical condition she's in. Do any, does anyone here know? I'm sorry? She doesn't take visitors. Oh, she doesn't take visitors. I'm sorry? Ah, oh, okay. All right. But uh, I've got a whole list of, like I said, of, uh, has anybody been to see Maria Ward? Yes. Good. Kathy Ashberg and I went to visit Maria. Great. And Sherry and I go to visit Marvel. Uh, we visited Ruth. I know you, you had a birthday party for her, and that was, that was wonderful. For, for Myrtle, yeah. For, yeah, right. For the others, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I I could I could read the whole list here, but I'm not going to. But <clears throat> but that's just a few, you know. It would be wonderful if if we as a class could develop a ministry to people and like that, and, and not just depend on a few who a few of us, but let's all get involved in that sort of thing. We were able to visit Tommy Warrington this week. Also. Great, good, good. I'm sorry. I said I talked to Maria about a month ago. Good. Very good. Good. Anyway, let's not forget that there are shut-ins to deal with. And uh, even they can develop friendships. And it would be, be more difficult, but, uh, but um, if they can use the telephone or the post office or even the Internet. Some of, some of, the old, some of our old folks, older folks are are um, internet-wise, I think. Uh, they can keep in touch with other Christians and uh, have from time to time, um, maybe they would even visit. But the church also may get involved in this. It, it's possible for a church to begin a ministry to elderly shut-ins who live alone. And uh, here's a suggestion for a name for such a, uh, for such a ministry. We could use any name, but Older Folks Contact Ministry. Now, OFCM, Older Folks Contact Ministry. Maybe we could come up with something more clever than that. But anyway, um, service by older people uh, who are mobile uh, can, uh, can foster fellowship and companionship, uh, regular, perhaps even daily phone calls to make sure that everything's well, everything's okay there. People might drop in for a chat. And uh, while they... While they uh, uh, while the, and while they're there, they could assess the situation and discover maybe other needs that are there. And so such an organization could, could provide transportation to the store, buy groceries and other things, or run small errands and things of this nature that would be helpful to such a person that's, uh, that's shut in like that. We should give some thought to that. If anybody in this class would like to head up a ministry like that, I'll, I'll help you get it organized and 
and we'll get some people together and, and make it work. So think about that. Well, letter B. <clears throat> How come that, that clock back there is not working? If it is, I can't see it. Huh? Yeah, I got it right here. It's, it's 1149. <laughs> um, how can we keep them from discouragement? That's my phone. Let me, let, me, uh, let me take care of that if you don't mind. I keep getting these messages. How can we keep them from discouragement? You know, loneliness can be a large factor in bringing discouragement to people like this. Never get to the idea that because one problem is being solved that, the, that, uh, that they're all solved. In fact, um, often problems become conglomerates and one builds upon another. And, um, and so we need to pry these various conglomerate pieces apart so we can deal with each one of them separately. And, uh, and loneliness would be one of those components. Often it's also true that we can that we can begin to see success in one area and, um, and not particularly in another area. And uh, so, we, uh, so uh, uh, that encouragement alone uh, will spark activity in, front of the other, uh, in other fronts in a person's life. God created us as whole beings so that everything that happens in our lives affects some other part of our life. There's a verse of scripture, it's in uh, Romans, I think it's in chapter 7, or is it chapter 8? No man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. That means that we affect other people. We can't live without having an impact on somebody else, either for good or for bad. But the truth is the same thing is, the same thing is true inwardly. That one thing affects another in our own personal lives and if we have one problem, Sometimes that problem will develop into another problem, like loneliness can, be, can develop into discouragement. And so we need to be careful of that. Um, granted, the companionship of person finds, uh, finds in intermittent contacts with other Christians can, can, uh, cannot begin to, to replace the four companionship that God planned in marriage. Marriage is an important part to the human race, it really is. And, um, and yet to the extent that it provides solid Christian conversation and activity, um, I can't read my own writing here, yet to the extent that it provides solid Christian conversation and activity, it will help. God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And um, that God is the one who can always, uh, you can, uh, that, uh, who, who can in his own way always fulfill the empty hours for us. Uh, I, read, um, uh, I read those verses of scripture for you a while ago, but I want to read something else to you as well. Um, where is it? It's on my phone. God can be a great help to us in these lonely periods of time. 
There's an old hymn we used to sing. I haven't heard it sung in a long time. It's entitled, Constantly Abiding. You remember that song? Let me read the words for you. Very scriptural. There's a peace in my heart that the world never gave. A peace it cannot take away. Though the trials of life may surround like a cloud, I have a peace. Uh, I've, I have a peace that comes, come, come, that came there to stay. And here's the, here's the verse, uh, the refrain. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely, whispers all oh, so kind. I will never leave thee. Jesus is mine. Let me go ahead and read. There's two more verses here. Let me go ahead and read those. All the world seems to sing of a Savior and King. When peace sweetly comes to my heart, troubles all fled away, and my, and my night turned to day. Blessed Jesus, how glorious thou art, constantly abiding. Um, Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me, lonely. Whispers, oh, so kind. I will never leave thee, Jesus is mine. And the last stanza. This treasure I have in the temple of clay, while here on his footstool I roam, but he's coming to take me some glorious day over there to my heavenly home. And then we sing that refrain again. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely, whispers, oh, so kind. I will never leave thee, Jesus is mine. And that's really the answer to the whole problem of loneliness for a Christian is just to realize that God is with us constantly. And uh, though friends may forget us, and um, parents may, uh, in our case this wouldn't apply, but sometimes parents forget uh, they're elderly. And not parents, I mean children forget they're elderly and, um, and, and are not aware of the, of the fact that they are lonely. But we have Jesus and he's promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. Father, thank you so much for the encouragement and the strength that we get from the very fact of your presence. And God, thank you so much for allowing your ministering spirits, angels, to minister to us. The Lord, we just don't know the numbers of times that, uh, that, uh, that our ministering spirits have run interference for us against the hordes of hell that have just kept us safe and blessed us and, and have been such an encouragement to us. And I pray, God, that you'll help us to remember that. Though we don't see angels, uh, Lord, they're there. They're there. And you sent them to minister to us. And we're never alone. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us. And we thank you for that. And uh, the, the, the Spirit of God to teach us and to encourage us and the angels to protect us. What a wonderful, what a wonderful duel that is. And so I pray, God, that you'll help us in the times when we're alone, not to be lonely, to realize that your presence, we pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online 
at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.